Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Crosswalk. My name is Pastor Kennan, and it is my pleasure to uh, serve as the associate pastor here in charge of, of, of Crosswalk. And I'd also like to say hello to our online viewers this morning and uh, tell you how glad we are that you're joining us. And today we're starting a very uh, new thing, a new sermon series called Meant for More. And we're going to talk about the radical ways that Jesus calls us to shift kind of our thoughts um, as disciples uh, who follow Jesus. So I would like for you to kind of embrace that. Today we're going to be looking at the idea of moving from the inside of a box to the outside. I'll explain more. But something that's very interesting is that when we hear Jesus make some commands in the Bible, we really want to pay attention to that. In this particular passage that we're going to talk about today, though, it's not just Jesus talking about this. It's some other folks, too. So I want to lift this up to you. We want to pay attention to these things. This text that we're going to read this morning is out of a, um, out of a discourse that's being uh, 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 preached in the Gospel of Matthew. And Jesus is really honing in on these disciples who have decided to follow it. And Jesus is kind of laying it out for them, how uh, discipleship really looks for them. So we're going to talk about how this shift that Jesus calls us to moves us into a fuller life, into a more faithful life. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to be reading out of the message. We're going to look at verses 38 and 39. So just a short passage. Hear this word. If you don't go all the way with me, through thick and thin, you don't deserve me. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, You'll find both yourself and me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we've read red letter words this morning. Words out of the mouth of the Son of God. Help us make those words extremely relevant. Help us hear them as the words of God. Help us to be called into response in Jesus' name. Amen. If you don't go all the way with me, we need to remember who this is talking here. This is Jesus. This is the Son of God, God in the flesh. This passage is about the movement of God. The places where God is moving. It comes with an invitation and a warning. Us with God, through it all. Right? Through it all. Because if we don't, then we don't deserve God. Those are strong words. You know, when we become Christians, for those of you who have, when we become Christians, we become part of a God movement. 
It's something bigger than just a list of things to check off, right? It's a movement of God, which means that we become part of something that are much larger than ourselves. We become citizens or refugees, if you will, in an invisible kingdom, the kingdom of God. You may be here this morning and you may be thinking, hold on, pastor, uh, wait just a second. That's nonsense. That's crazy talk. I'm not a citizen or a refugee of anything invisible. I'm a citizen of Dallas. Well, you know, you'd be right. You're also a citizen of, the, of Texas, right? The Lone Star State, where everything's bigger and better, right? I'm going to challenge that today. Or the, the USA, You might be looking at me like, Pastor, you're crazy. My house is just down the road. (laughs) That's okay. You're right. You may be sitting here this morning, hey, the only king around here is me. My house is still in the castle, right? I know some of you. (laughs) But how do we go then from being citizens in that way to this radical shift that Jesus is trying to tell us about citizens of the kingdom of God. And why should we get out of our own microcosms? Why should we get out of our own little boxes? Why? Why would we want to? Why would we want to get out of those and into the bigger cosmos that God created? Well, the first reason is because we like to compartmentalize. Or is anybody here like that? Uh, y'all are lying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we like to compartmentalize, right? We love this. We're wired to. I'm going to start the phrase, you tell me, it's just a family matter, right? That's a little bit of compartmentalizing, right? Oh, maybe here's one that will resonate with you. Everybody, I bet, in this room will know this one. What happens in Vegas stays. Mm, Yeah, you knew that one, didn't you? (laughs) Compartmentalize. Don't bring your work. Mm -hmm. We know that one, too. People do this with the church as well. We compartmentalize the church as well to the church. For many, the church is this building, right, where people come primarily to have their needs and the needs of their family met. You ever play, heard these words here? I just want a place where I can serve. That happens, right? I want a place where my children can come and connect with others. I want a place where I can see the people I like, sing the songs I like, and do the things I like, right? That's compartmentalizing. But you see, that vision is not a God-sized vision. A God-sized vision of the church is an assembly of people who are gathered In the God movement, what God is doing, because Jesus called us to something much, much more. You and I were meant for more. 
I want to lift up a passage that's a little bit earlier in Matthew. It's in chapter 4, verse 17. I want to lift up these words because they reiterate Jesus' words. Matthew 4, verse 7, again from the message. This Isaiah prophesied sermon came to life in Galilee the moment Jesus started preaching. Now, those words right there should immediately, like, draw some underlines under this. Jesus' first preaching words. The moment Jesus started preaching, he picked up where John, that's talking about John the Baptist, left off. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. Now let's flip back one more chapter in chapter 3. And when, again, I want you to underline this. <laughs> Verses 1 and 2. While Jesus was living in the Galilean hills, John, called the baptizer, was preaching in the desert country of Judea. His message was simple and austere like the desert surroundings. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. Now, when we have repeating things in the Bible like this, and they're coming from multiple sources, and one of those happens to be God <laughs> in the flesh, we really, really, really want to take note. When we have the last recorded words of John and the first recorded words of the Messiah preaching... And the fulfillment of a prophecy from Isaiah who lived hundreds of years before, we should take note. And it is a simple message. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. Okay, so let's just unpack that very first thing. Change your life. Now before we can change anything, anything about our lives, we must ask God's Spirit to show us where and how we are living our lives. Think of the environments that you are encountering every day. For some of us, that involves apartments, right? Homes that we either rent or own. For some of us, that uh, involves uh, uh, pl the places where we lay our heads at night, right? can certainly mean that. Or in the rooms of, of places that we share with other people, that's family life, right? Some of us are single and don't have uh, other sharing the spaces we live in. And a few of us even work in the space where we call home. Some of us go to offices, drive around to meetings, carry out assignments on routes, Many of us work in teams that share goals. The point is, is that these are our boxes. So, what about Christians? <laughs> what are our boxes? What do our boxes look like? And what does it matter? Well, appearances are deceiving, for one. I picked this up in our, in our crosswalk backstage closet. It looks like a box of screws, but I opened it up and I found batteries. <laughs> box. 
Looks are deceiving. And the church can be a box that is deceiving. Many things can in our lives. We can live lives that look faithful without ever leaving our tiny little controlled boxes. You know, I got a package the other day. I was so excited. I never get packages. My kids get them all the time. My wife orders things and she gets them. But this one had my name on it. And I was like, woohoo, somebody sent me something cool. Is it like one of those yummy, like, uh, you ever had Harry and David pears? Or, did I say that right? Those are good. I like those. I thought, oh, a box. You know what it was? My prescriptions. God, I'm getting old. <laughs> Or you ever got that really crummy present at Christmas where somebody thought they were cute and they were tricking you and you like tear open this big thing and it's another one and another one until it's nothing? I want to challenge you not to be content with an insider appearances of our ideas of what makes a good Christian. Remember what our verse said. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. We must confront our own human nature, which is to compartmentalize. To compartmentalize. So will we accept God's invitation then to live outside our little boxes and enter into God's bigger and much more beautiful kingdom? We are being called out, called out by Jesus this morning to a kingdom that is much, much more than appearances. A place where spirituality and mystery are as much a reality as tangibility and observability. Jesus said, but if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Jesus calls us outside of our own constructs and into the kingdom of God. Jesus says, don't be content with a life that appears faithful. Stop looking for yourself. Start looking to and for me. Change your life. Go with me through it all. Move with me in the kingdom of God. And if you will, if you will join the God movement with me, you will find both yourself and me. The apostle Paul affirms this in his own writing. He wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, love never ends. In no other place is that more evident, friends, than in Jesus Christ himself. God entered human space and time. Human space and time in the womb of the Virgin Mary and God became a person. Why would God take on a human body? Why would God move into our little box? The truth is love. <laughs> The truth is love. God was born in a stable in Bethlehem, lived and ministered throughout Galilee, and purchased the salvation of humanity with Jesus' death 
on the cross so that we, so that you and I could be redeemed. Could be redeemed. So along with creation itself, Jesus Christ is God's greatest expression of love. When Paul said that love never ends, Jesus Christ is the harmonious embodiment of his statement. Although his fully human existence, which spanned from the incarnation in Mary's womb and ended at the cross and inside our constructs of little human space and time, you can bet that Jesus Christ is divine and existed much before Mary's womb and much after his death on the cross. And we are called into that fullness with God. That's the beauty of it. The mission that God sent Jesus on through the incarnation was freely decided by God. God, God's truth, love for us. It was an act of divine love that was completely dependent upon there being Jesus Christ to send us. God amplified God's own heart through Jesus Christ for us, for you, and for me. It's beautiful. Jesus said, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will. Jesus forgot about himself, but the will of God who sent me. Jesus is nothing less than the eternal word that the Father has sent into the world for us to dwell on. Boy, that makes those words more powerful this morning, doesn't it? There was never a time when Jesus was not. That little baby Jesus that was born of Mary did not originate in her womb. Rather, he existed before that flesh. No box could contain him. The Christ, who we will celebrate again next Easter, did not cease to exist after giving his life on the cross for our salvation and for the salvation of all of humankind. Rather, after his resurrection, he was taken up to heaven and sat at the right hand of God. No box can contain him. No human grave could contain him. The Spirit of God was poured out of heaven and into us where God can dwell in us. No box can contain the Spirit. The Word is now forever, forever with flesh in the heart of God. And humans who embrace Christ will endure a similar outcome. God, that makes me so happy. Do you know it? Move with God from the inside of your boxes out into the kingdom of God. 
and know that Jesus became a human so that we might become one with God. Oh my God. How beautiful. How beautiful. How believable. How altogether lovely. God's action in Jesus is God moving toward us in communion. Isn't that beautiful? Change your life, friends. The kingdom of God is here. Go all the way. Through it all with him. If you will, you will find both yourselves and the real presence of Jesus Christ. Move with God from our concepts of time and space and move into God's eternal reality. Amen? God is calling you to God's self this morning, friends. You have the choice to embrace the eternal love of God that is so personal that God desires to live in each and every heart in this room and in this world. But it is also liberating us from the eternal slavery to sin that evil wants us to endure Choose today the real presence of Christ. Christ's presence is personal. It is here at the communion table for you and for me. Paul wrote this in his letter in 1 Corinthians. But when the complete arrives, our incompleteness will be canceled. <laughs> will be canceled. When I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like any infant. When I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly, just as he knows us. But for now... Until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us toward that consummation. Trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, and love extravagantly. And the best of these three is love. I hope more than anything today that you experience the real presence of Jesus Christ right here at the communion table today. It is a love that is so personal that it cannot be contained by any box or any building or any state or any planet for that matter. It is a movement of God that flows into an eternity with God, God in us, and us in God. It is God moving toward us in communion. Change your life 
the kingdom of God is here. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, Lord, we are so humbled by your presence. God, we are so limited. And yet you give us the choice to become part of your kingdom and of you who are unlimited. How great are you, Lord. How amazing. What love is this? <laughs> Lord, we thank you for this day, for the gift of you moving toward us, communion. Help us, God, to respond by moving toward you into a fuller faith. Thank you, God, that we're meant for more. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.